Hello, guys, and welcome to the 27th edition of the Next One Podcast on Zoom or on audio. It'll be on both. I'm Ryan Conley, Brendan Smith, Zach Maharo, and no Brendan Hennessy today. He is unavailable, but you know, maybe we'll get his audio issues fixed soon. But we have a lot of issues because we've been off for three weeks, and you know, I've missed you guys. How have you guys been over these past three weeks? I mean, it's it was. I think it's the best three weeks of sports to miss because nothing has happened. <laughs> I've played a lot of two K, a lot of two K. That's been uh, my way to slowly fill that void as much as I can. Um, but it's not. It it just doesn't compare. I found myself placing bets on virtual video games. Like you could bet on these tournaments, didn't watch them, didn't pay attention at all, just because. Because I'm that bored. I will, I will put <laughs> five bucks on a couple of uh, of two K games because that's where I'm at with my life right now. That's how low we'll, That's how low I am. That's what we've gone through. And on our last episode, we were speculating where Tom Brady would go, and now three weeks later, he is confirmed a Buccaneer out of all teams possible. And just today he released uh, on the players forum a message to uh, New England Patriots fans and Smitty. I think you're well knowing about this and what do you have to say to New England fans? I was right at uh, the point where I had, I was at the acceptance stage of grief and now um, I'm back (laughs) to square one because of this article. I was like at the point where, I just had accepted everything that happened. The fact that he's going to be in Tampa Bay, he's not going to be our quarterback. You go to you go to Gillette Stadium on Sunday, one o'clock in September. Tom Brady's not going to be there. He's not going to be there. And then he releases the. I didn't realize that this article was actually out like four hours after he tweeted it. Um, I've had my tweet note. I had my tweet notifications on for like a month for him because I was waiting for him to tweet out where he was uh, when he was going to leave which was also very upsetting, and we will get into that. But I saw I tweeted an article about New England. I instantly clicked on it. And uh, the minute video, like it, that, he really put it into perspective, like the clips of him when he was drafted, like in camp to the last couple of seasons, the Super Bowl runs, like it's been that long. I mean, 20 years of this. And like it really is over. I think that was like the – that sense of closure for me was really like with him kind of looking back and like reflecting on his time here and everything he's grateful for. Cause honestly it really still hadn't hit me until like, until I read that article. Um, and like people are saying that he took, people are trying to start a narrative that he took shots at, uh, at Belichick saying that he now will have the opportunity to um, like be a leader like have his voice matter, things like that. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's like that direct. I mean, he could be. I, I think that's something that people, especially people who um, in, in the Boston media who have always tried to spin these narratives against him and, and this narrative that there is a power struggle with them. Um, I do think it ex- exists to some extent, but I do think that I think it's a stretch. And I don't, I don't think he would use that platform to – go ahead and then take shots at anyone in the organization, even Bill. Um, And I still think that Bill is the reason why he's, he's not 
he why he left New England. Um, but I don't think it was any of that. I think it was pure love and appreciation for everything that that he's had here. But but now that's it. I mean, it, that's over. He's going to be in Tampa Bay. Um, it, the pressure is going to be on him if he's going to be able to perform outside of New England. And it's going to be the same on Bill if he's going to be able to be successful without Brady. Um, so, it, I mean, assuming that we have an NFL season next year, now it's it's all in the future and what's ahead of them. Um, and it's it's going to be it's going to be extremely unique to both of their situations and very fun to watch. Right after we uh, were on our hiatus for the three weeks and Tom Brady made his decision, Boston was just taking some tough hits from Chris Sale needing Tommy John surgery. We yeah. got to a few weeks prior, Tom Brady now leaving. Like, there's a lot of funny tweets about saying somebody should really check up on uh, Boston, see how they're doing right now. Because I think yeah. at, at, the, at the same time, that's like when like the, the same all the like the same Patty Day uh, things were canceled, uh, the parade was canceled, all the bars were closed down. So people people in Boston were on a real low. Yeah, Brady announcing that that he's not coming back to New England on St. Patrick's Day. Like that, that is a, that's a recipe for disaster for all of New England mm-hmm. on a, on the first St. Patrick's day that was canceled in forever. Like, I can't imagine that they're like, I think the one in Chicago has been going for like 120 years plus, And this is the first time it got canceled. Like this is the first time the Boston marathon has been canceled in its hundred yep. years plus existence. Like it's insane, but Tom Brady, uh, it hasn't hit me as hard just because there's no sports going on right now. So I'm, I'm just assuming all sports are just canceled forever. So I'm assuming it's not going to happen. Like it's going to happen, but I'm saying <laughs> because nothing else is going on. So I'm like, there's not going to be a, a sporting event to happen anytime soon. I mean, the first sporting event that's claimed to be coming back is uh, the U S open. Is it, I think, or in July, I think. Yeah. Like, Winter July. The yeah, I forget. The I think the US Open may have been pushed to September and there's a different tournament that will now be in July. I forget exactly. But yeah, I mean the the NFL or the NBA and NHL are suspended indefinitely. Baseball is too. Um I mean Baseball may be like the first thing that comes back when it comes to the top four sports. And like the NFL, I mean the six-two games. Yeah, <laughs> like the 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 NHL and the NBA may not even have like they may not play games for the rest of the year until the 2020-2021 season. So don't say that to me. Don't say that. Could be, but um, uh, now let's game back to the Patriots. Uh. What do you think this means for the Patriots' initial future? Like, will Stidham be the quarterback? Are we going to draft a quarterback? Do you think the Patriots can have a winning record and make the playoffs? And also, we missed that the NFL's not going to have seven seeds on AFC and NFC side for the playoffs. So, and a uh, and a they add another another game. Yeah, yeah, another wild card game because the two seeds no longer going to get a playoff by. Yes. But do you guys but, think uh, Patriots – how much success do you think the Patriots can have with Stidham versus drafting another quarterback? Unfortunately, I really don't think that much success. I think I think regardless, I think we have to draft another quarterback. I, I think um, – I mean, like, as of right now, would you want – like, it's either Stidham or Hoyer. 
So you need another guy in there for some sort of competition, whether we get him through a free agency or which I think we're going to end up drafting somebody with our first round pick. I really hope we don't trade it away. Um, but if we can get like a, like a Jordan love, you know, that, that can, that can, you know, fight for that potential number one spot. I mean, we are going to, ha- we're going to, we're going to take a couple uh, we're going to have a couple of rough years. Cause especially cause the bills are getting better. I mean, they just got um, digs. The like Miami, Miami it has like they're they're all, they can only go up. They they ha- they got all those people in free agency, and they have three first round draft picks. Mm-hmm. You know, so all the teams in our conference are on the up and up, and we're kind of declining. So I do think there is going to be a, a bit of a rough patch for us. I have something to pick against uh, Matt Patricia and uh, like the whole Dolphins right, Lawrence. What you got, yeah. bro? What you got? Lawrence why they feel the need to take all the Patriots free agents. Like, why can't you develop your own players? Why do you have to take those Patriots players and bring them to your side? Well, I, I mean, heard they this kind th- of did develop them. I, I would say Patricia, especially. He was yeah. a coordinator. I heard – I did hear this thing, though, with the uh, with Darius Slay, the cornerback that was at the Lions when Patricia got there. Apparently, when Patricia got there, like, he tried to, like, kind of run shit right away, you know, and, like, all the a lot of the guys were like, dude, like, you know, you haven't even like got our respect yet. Yeah. You know, before you try to come in and kind of like run our shit. And so, like, apparently, like I think Ryan, I think you, you were talking about it or you tweeted about it that like, uh, like assistants of Bill Belichick try to take his system other places and implement it. So I think they want Patriot guys because they know that kind of ideal and, yeah. and system is already ingrained in them. So they don't have to. Yeah. It's not a lot of fighting anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah, he. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's serious. Old. I, I actually didn't think of that, but I, I think it definitely is valid for Patricia because of that. I'm pretty sure he told – he said to Darius Slay, you act like you're a top five cornerback, but you're not shit. Like, you're, you're, no, you're nothing special And from the start. And uh, McDaniels did the same thing when he went to Denver, and no one liked him because he, he tried to act like he was Bill Belichick, and he was just an asshole to people. And everyone like you don't earn that respect as a head coach right away. Like Belichick does that because he's been so successful. Like you have been a small piece of that. It's completely different when you're a head head coach. Um, but Flores, I think he, I don't think Flores is that type of guy. I think he's able to to be his own, have his own philosophy, and be his own self when it comes to being a head coach. Um, but they, but he got. Um, What's his name? Now I'm completely blanking. He signed Kyle Van Noy. Um, and then I think they signed Ted Karras to the center. So, I mean, it get a couple guys like that, um, especially Van Noy, who's won two rings. He got, he got a big contract. But to, to go down there and, and try to start the culture, especially on defense, where I think it's for New England has been um, extremely consistent over you know, the past five years, like this, this second legacy or second dynasty that they've had. Um, and in that core of players, um, and, so, and the guys that they re-upped to, to come back here to, to keep that foundation here, I think maybe Flores is trying to build that um, for the, the Dolphins' defense. I think Patricia traded for those guys and, and, and signed the people that he did because he wants people to listen to him exactly. Because <laughs> he's on the hot seat now because if Blunts suck again, then he's out. Yeah. And there's a lot of uh, negativity coming out of the line saying how – 
everyone hates Matt Patricia and how every, somehow he's like a, a like a scientist, but he's like an idiot. Which <laughs> I can kind of believe he's an idiot. Like like school smart but street dumb. Like I'd see that as Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia could. It is definitely possible that he is the New England Patriots defensive coordinator this time next year. <laughs> it, it really, it, it could be why Bill um, didn't hire uh, or didn't, yeah, didn't hire a new um, defensive coordinator uh, or promote anyone to it after four is left because he just knows that Patricia's coming back because he's a terrible head coach. He it's inevitable. This kid's going to, this guy's yeah. going to come crawling back. It happened. It happened with McDaniels, so it'll probably happen with Patricia too. And you don't think uh, Belichick's going to promote his son to defensive coordinator this year? Yeah. Uh, I wonder if his son got any offers other places. He, yeah, I bet he's gotten like assistant coaching positions, but probably still strictly because his last name is Belichick. Yeah. And he sounds exactly no. Right. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. Um, especially with his his background, I feel like. I don't know. I feel like defensive coordinators traditionally um, come through like the defensive lineman tree or a linebacker tree. Like I don't how many how many safeties or, or defensive back coaches have been defensive coordinators because Flores was a was linebacker's linebacker. coach, right? Right. And I'm pretty was sure was Patricia was a D. Belichick was, yeah. Belichick was a, a safe. But I, I'm I'm thinking of like I'm thinking of defensive coordinators or. Um, defensive assistants over the past few years. I'm pretty sure Patricia was a defensive line coach. But, I mean, that could just be recency bias. But, it, he, I mean, he is also Belichick's kid. But, I don't know. I mean, it could be Mayo, too. Like, I don't I, – I do think while, while Bill is giving his son – you gave him a coaching chance and he's, he's worked his way up. I don't think he'll give – like, I don't think he'll give him any advantage for being his son. I think that – and I think he probably made that clear when he hired uh, Steve and then I think Brian uh, is the other son who's on the staff that I'll give you the opportunity, but now you have to make the most of it. I'm not going to hold your hand. Like, I'll, I, I mean, I'll show you the ways, but I'm not going to hold your hand through. I'm not going to give you any special treatment. That's not how it's going to work. Yeah. But, that seems like something Belichick would do. Like just doesn't like, he only wants to win. He's not going to treat his son with favoritism. If that's not going to help him win. Yeah. Or like put him in a position where he, is not going to succeed. Like if he's not ready to be a defensive coordinator, I don't think he would. I don't think he would do that to his son. And I think this is additional, uh, like heat to the fire. And now Belichick probably is like, okay, now I'm going to show that I'm a. Like he shouldn't have anything else to prove because he won six rings. He's already considered the greatest head coach of all time. But like the reason why Devin McCourty came back, he he said he was out the door, and then found out Brady left, and he's like. Because Devin McCourty wanted a new, uh, like, mission, wanted a new... New challenge, yeah. Challenge, exactly. Yep. And Brady leaving, it's, like, all of a sudden a whole new challenge because everyone's down in the Patriots right away. And I feel like Belichick probably has that mindset, too, where, like, I'm going to show you why I'm, like, the best coach in the NFL, and I'm going to, like, yeah. he's Anyone saying the Patriots are going to tank this year is an idiot, and... They, Nick, they won't tank. They won't tank. I just don't think, no. like... Talent-wise, we're just not that great. Yeah. You know, I think no, he wouldn't have. No, I think he wouldn't have given, I, uh, wouldn't have given McCourty that money, and he wouldn't have uh, signed his brother to have picked up the option either. Yeah. yeah, anyone saying tank for Trevor Lawrence is a stupid idiot. 
I, I don't think it's like physically possible for Bill Belichick to purposely just not have a good team. Like he's yeah. gonna coach him up, and he's the greatest coach of all time. So his coaching ability—they're going to win games. Yeah, I, no, maybe not as many as we had in the past, but even look at what Miami did last year. Like they completely tore apart their the roster from top to bottom. They were terrible. They traded away all their good pieces, and I mean they they had something going at the end of the season, and they came into New England and beat the Patriots in Week 17. And Minka Fitzpatrick. And him to play on wild card weekend, you know? Minka Fitzpatrick was a coward. Yeah. Would be. But I, I think uh, Patriots can be a 10-6 team. Um, Whoa. I think we can be 10-6. 10-6? Mm-hmm. I think they could. I think, I, I think that they have, depending on – how good Stidham or whoever they start a quarterback is if they draft someone. Um, they have maybe a two-year window here where they can still, I won't say rebuild, but reload and and still run the, the East because um, Miami is still, I would say, two years away. Yep. They still don't have a quarterback. They have a young core um, they have a ton of draft capital, but to, to draft quarterback, get him in the system, uh, you know, if they, they get a, a core defense, um, get a couple of weapons on offense, let that develop over the next couple of years, they're going to be a big problem. Long term, I'm more scared about them than the Bills because I, I love Josh Allen, but he's not. He's not the answer. Not a good quarterback. And, and, they, and I, think that they, I think that they should definitely, uh, if, they can, if they can get, like a Jake Fromm or Jalen Hurts or, or anyone else who may be available in like the third, fourth round that they should go after a quarterback. Because I, I think this might be Allen's last year, Josh Allen's last year in his rookie deal. And if you can get someone who's better than him now and you know that you, you know, maybe gamble on him, like a, like the Buccaneers were probably debating or, or thinking with, um, with Winston if they weren't able to get Brady um like they'll be in that same position and they do have the talent they have a decent head coach but i i don't trust don't trust josh allen he literally almost threw away the game in oh, wow. the, the wild card game against the texans yeah with the, the whatever like he he's not the guy he's he's a um afc mitch trubisky he's just he's not the guy a great team great great defense Whoa. not the guy that's he a is. big comparison. he's a he's a bit better I would take Josh Allen over Mitch, but it, it's the same thing. It, it's the same situation. Just he's not. He's not a, a starting quarterback. Like and I think that he's Josh still, leading a team. He, he's such a liability. No. The Bills should get Jameis Winston. Who? Jameis Winston. The Bills. Um, uh, <laughs> I think it's funny. All the people. Like, there's a lot of Patriots fans uh, tweeting about like why hasn't Bill Belichick signed Cam Newton? And there's two two reasons, Hookem, two reasons why Belichick is not going to sign Cam. And the first reason is because we have $750,000 of cap space, so we can't <laughs> afford him. And the second is that Belichick, I think somebody was saying it, Bel- Belichick loves the ultimate traditional quarterback where like a short pocket passer, you're not going to risk turning the ball over, just trying to get yards on the field and a team guy rather than me guy. And I think Cam Newton 
he's not as much of a me guy as people say he is, but he's not the quarterback you could see Belichick wanting to like win a Super Bowl with. I, I think Stidham is Belichick's guy for this year. I don't. I think we draft a quarterback. I think there's. I think there will be a QB battle. I think Stidham's gonna have to prove himself. I don't think any. I don't think Bel- Belichick's gonna give him anything. He really didn't prove anything this year. I think he'll. They'll draft the quarterback too. Um, and I, I. So when they signed Hoyer, I felt like that was an indication that Stidham is going to be their guy at least for this year because of obviously his Hoyer's experience in the system, but. I believe that he may actually end up on the coaching staff after he retires because of the praise that he's been given by Belichick and McDaniels um, with running the scout teams. And I mean, they gave him credit for the, for scheming against the Rams in the Super Bowl uh, in Super Bowl 53. They said he played a huge part. um, I believe scouting their offense. Cause he could mimic Jared Goff's game. Yeah. Because they're both terrible quarterbacks. Whoa. Um, Jared, Goff's, Jared Goff is okay. <laughs> no. The Rams should have opted out of his contract when they had the chance. But not um, terrible. <laughs> he will help. Not worth like He's 30 terrible. million a year, but he made Rams are going to suck next year. He's I'm not, not worth it. I'm not and, and they traded away their first round pick. So all they're that said, these new logos for nothing. But Hoyer knows the system. Yeah. Hoyer knows the system. He can help mentor Stidham. I'm pretty sure that there were reports from them last offseason with him helping Stidham um, you know, step into the – join the team, step into the system, learn the ropes, things like that. Um, and he's going to be that guy for Stidham. I do still think they draft quarterback in case it doesn't work out with Stidham because you can see – I mean, you can evaluate talent. Obviously, um, as as a call, when they're in college, in the draft, in OTAs, um, in practice, especially having Stenum for a year. But when he's a guy, I mean, things do change. It changes for you mentally, how you prepare, the things True. that you do during the week, and and the pressure's on. And and when that hits you, when you're in that situation, you don't know. How, you really, it's it, it is hard to predict how that's going to play out, and it's not a guarantee. Um, you may think it is, but that's never a guarantee that it's going to play all right. And 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 I still want them to draft the guy in case that happens, because if if, uh, if it does work out, you can you can still trade. If they if they they draft Jalen Hurts, say in the third round, and you know he he flashes in preseason, um, but Stidham's a guy he wants a starting job, and Stidham has a, a great year this year. Um, they could still trade Jalen Hurts if if he does good in the preseason. If uh, if teams like what what they saw in him, I mean, you could still trade him at, at next offseason, someone like that, um, because it's only a year. Even being in the system um, under Belichick, I mean, that could even boost a, a quarterback's draft capital. Um, look at look at Brissett so and, and Garoppolo. Yeah, exactly. The last two quarterbacks that he's drafted, um, I mean, Garoppolo played in the Super Bowl last year. Brissett, I think, I I think Brissett should still start for the Colts over over Rivers, but I mean that's. That's a whole nother thing, but I think he is a starting quarterback. So, I mean, with, with that track record right there, just over the last few years, I mean, that could, that could help, um, that could help a quarterback's trade capital. Um, I, I don't think, I think the, if you just look at history, I think the Patriots are going to trade down. I think they're going to 
Need their first say that. I think we're going to try to get two second round picks or something. <laughs> say yeah. That. No, I think they will too. They'll probably trade. They'll probably trade with the Rams. I mean, not the Rams. The um, Browns. No, the I was going to say the 49ers, but I think they traded their first round pick. But I was going to say that they'll probably trade back in the first round and try to get a second round pick. Look, try to get multiple. Or trade like a yeah, or trade like a first and a third and get a late first and an early second, something like that. I don't know. They could, but I I do think unless if they they have a quarterback, like say they like Love, um, but and he drops to them at, at 23 maybe they you know when the I mean the draft is well like two weeks from now I don't know where he's really projected to go now um he, he's, he's still, projected to go like mid to late first round is he still in that window okay yeah so I, like, I said I actually I said I think the last episode how quarterbacks draft capital always rises up and Herbert was like Herbert was one of the guys projected to go to the Pats and now he's projected to go sixth overall to the Chargers yeah so I didn't know if that's happened with love yet yeah, the quarterback's kind of all over the place, especially because the main thing is they don't really know. Nobody really knows about Tua, you know, where he's going to go. So they don't know if the Dolphins are going to take him at five because that will kind of change everything uh, with what the Chargers want to do and all the other teams that need quarterbacks. Yeah. I, this, is the, like, this is me, like, the most uninformed opinion right now, but I just hate Herbert's name. So I, I, he doesn't look like a quarterback to be good just because his last name's Herbert. <laughs> what? I, I've – for some reason, like throughout the season, he just screams "bust" to me because his name's Herbert. <laughs> that is the most. Could someone named? Could you see someone named Justin Herbert being in the NFL Hall? No, I can't. Is that on NFL? <laughs> is that an NFL Hall of Fame? That the literally what I'm basing my whole opinion on is I can't see Justin <laughs> Herbert being a Pro Bowler or. Have you watched him play football? No. Oh my gosh! Well, like, you're the you're the worst you're the worst kind of media person, right? <laughs> Justin, Her- like I've watched so much tape on this kid. <laughs> just get all your opinions from everyone else and just slightly change it. <laughs> that's that's how you roll. But but then and and that his last name's Herbert, so he's gonna suck. Yeah, <laughs> I'm literally basing my judgment off Tua's. Tua is Hawaiian. Mark Smiota is Hawaiian. Mark Smiota was a bust, so Tua must be a bust. That's how my brain works. <laughs> And I, that, you know, that's actually, I mean, history, history shows that, uh, <laughs> that Hawaiian quarterbacks can't succeed in the NFL, especially if they're drafted top five. Exactly. That's literally what my brain is basing this whole thing off of right now. You guys uh, are the worst. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing else to do. It's just where my mind wanders is <laughs> instead of researching, I think of uh random, uh, coincidences coming so then does that mean the opposite right does that mean like people with cool names are going to be really good like for example like what do you think about cd lamb cd lamb he's oklahoma yeah he's from oklahoma yeah um i could cd lamb sounds like a pro bowler cd lamb like amari cooper kind of like correlate to me (laughs) i don't know about play wise but name wise definitely um i think i think he'll be I think he'll be top three. I think he he could even be the best wide receiver in the draft. Yeah, he's crazy. The these these wide receivers in this draft are crazy good. Who's the Alabama? Yeah, there could be. There's two. There's Rugs, the fast guy, and then there's Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy's the one everyone loves. Yeah. Um. Right, but, what do we got next, Ryan? 
I, I just wanted to quickly ask because the Patriots literally did nothing with the offensive weapons. If anything, we lost Philip Dorsett, but he kind of wasn't much of a factor. So, do you think we're going to draft more defensively, offensively? Uh, because the, the team, like the offense, which everyone complained about last year, is going to go into this year looking basically the exact same without Tom Brady and Philip Dorsett. Everyone else is coming back. So, I I th- I think we need we got to get we got to get some sort of tight end presence in our, in our, in our, between, between blocking the running game and passing in the red zone and just every single down. I mean, Gronk, Gronk was too much of a, too much of a focal point in our offense this whole, the whole time he was with us to not even, I know we're never going to get a Gronk again. Right. But we can't replace like two thirds of him or just a half of him. You know, we had no tight end production last year. We have to, so offensively, we need an offensive weapon. And then defensively, we lost our two middle, our two linebackers, linebackers. you know? So, yeah. you know, our D line was getting gashed left and right by, by, by other teams. Uh, the, the later half of the season, ever since, uh, since, since we, after we lost that rate, the Ravens team, uh, then on, we were just getting gashed by every team. But so I, th- but I think most pressing, I think we, we offensive weapons, we get the tight end, we get that spot solidified. And then we we uh we fill in peace with the defense, but I mean we're known for, Bill Belichick is known for taking players who haven't really got the spotlight and preparing them for those moments. Freaking Jamie Collins, he was he went to the Browns and did nothing, came with us for yeah. we, it was one year and then got mad and then he got mad money from the Lions. I'm like Jamie Collins should be thanking Bill Belichick for everything that he's done for him. Well, Jamie Collins has so much to be thankful for for Bill Belichick getting all paychecks. <laughs> he was I'm pretty sure yeah. he was benched. With the Browns, I'm pretty sure he was on the bench. He was, and he uh, he he had uh, trouble with injuries too. He tore his ACL, I believe, the year after he got paid, and it's, he hadn't been the same. But uh, I mean, did it's we, also the Browns. Did we get any free agents to the draft through, through um, uh, on the defensive side of all? Did we get any free agents? We got a safety. Period? We got the Chargers. We got a safety, Adrian Phillips. Okay. And we got a defensive tackle and the linebacker. Um, really, I'm blanking on the name. Yeah, see, we, we, we won't know him now, but I'll have 100 tackles next year. Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> We've got like the six, I, uh, the six wide receiver from Arizona. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, get the, we're gonna get a kid from UMass Amherst. Probably half their defense will uh will be our special teams next year. <laughs> we, we got the special. I, uh, what's his name? Uh. He was. Uh, I forget who it was. I'm just. And do enough research before this, right? <laughs> but I I think that they will definitely draft tight end. They. You're all in on Thaddeus uh, Moss. I am all in on Thaddeus Moss, but yes, they yes. they. I mean, how can they? How can they not draft a tight end? They. I. I just. I cannot picture a New England Patriots team without Tom Brady in their first year, their first year without Tom Brady with their tight end still being Matt Lacoste and Larry Izzo. <laughs> they, they, they need Ryan, it's, Ryan Izzo. It, it's they essential. have to draft. Yes. I, for the, but for the offense, that may be the only actual piece that they use that they um, go after in the draft. They, they may not draft a wide receiver. I don't see why they would draft running backs. Um, I think that they, they need a, they'll need a tight end, but, 
majority of their draft is going to go on the defense, uh, drafting linebackers, uh, maybe even a, a defensive tackle or defensive end. Um, and then I would hope that they draft uh, another lineman, a left or right tackle, if they can get one. Yeah. Or Fred, a boy priority would probably be a right tackle. But, I mean, when you could even uh, – I mean, if Tooney's gone next year, you could kick Wynn back on the inside and put him at left guard. Um, and if they, draft a, if they draft a tackle this year, um, someone who may be able to play both right and left tackle, um, you could put him, uh, you could put him uh, on at left tackle uh, next year. I mean, that's something that they could work out this year to, to prepare for him leaving. But um, they, they have, I mean, they have pieces that they're going to need to fill. Um, but I honestly, I still think that our receivers are going to be um, Harry Edelman and Jacoby Myers and Sanu. I think that's, that those are going to be the four receivers next year. I think Belichick believes in Nikhil Harry in that. I think, Hopefully, his like bad year this year was just an anomaly. It's just him being injured and not being acclimated to the offense. And Brady probably yeah. not looking for him. But I genuinely think that will make a big difference for him. Where it's where now his quarterback is Stidham, who is looking to prove that he can play in the NFL for the team that's been the team to beat for the last twenty years. Um, he's stepping in to replace the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, he's, he's going to take any opportunity to be successful and may actually look at a guy like that who has a lot of talent, um, hasn't really been utilized as much as he should, as he can be, um, and you know, start a relationship there and, and that be a, a focal point for the offense to be successful. Yeah. And just to finish on that point where they said, uh, Gilmore and McCordy were very, uh, high in praise for Stidham. But at the same time, that's what usually happens when it's a new quarterback. It's like, yeah, I believe in him. But they don't have to say something, but they said. That yeah, that kid sucks. Team. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I think it's just more proof that he's going to be the, the starting quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, th- I, think, I think a lot of people are underestimating exactly what Smitty said. I mean, at the end of the day, the, at the end of the day these are professional players. And, you know, telling somebody that you're going to be a backup compared to telling them, all right, you're going to be the starting player. Everything in their life changes, you know. Like Smitty said, the the approach, the game changes. Every all the small details that they do in practice, everything changes. You know, they the 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 level of focus, level of intensity that they have to end up ultimately taking their game to, um, is higher. And I think that's that's known, you know, across any any major sports team. You know, it's it's so much different. You have you know, Jared Sidham at this point is a shutting quarterback. You have all this time, you know, to prepare physically, mentally, emotionally, right, for that job. As of right now, it's yours. Yeah. You know, so you're not coming in. You're not coming in. Somebody just got hurt, you know, and you're just filling in the role. You know, it's your job. You know, it's your job to lose and it's your job to keep. And so, yeah. to be I mean, because OTAs and all that's not going to happen. All the workouts no. are going to be canceled. Yeah, I, I, that, that, I don't know. That, 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 whole, that whole, the whole thing is going to be weird. I mean, unless this, this, this severely, the coronavirus severely, like, calms down, but, like, by June and stuff, I wouldn't be shocked if like it was it was only like obviously team personnel in the building, you know. But I don't know. Yeah, Ryan. More depressing news is NBA season is still not uh, <laughs> happening. M- NBA, NHL, any sports currently? I think uh, either Zachary, one of you guys said that March Madness. No, 
I forget if you guys said it, but the championship for March Madness is supposed to be today. So that's I don't think either of us said that. No, maybe, was maybe it really? I don't think anyone said that either, but I didn't even know that. Yeah, because the championship's always on Monday, right? It is for uh, what football. a shame. This this was the year the 16 seed was going to win it all. It's true. Yeah, yeah, shame. But they're saying right now that's 50-50 if the season is even going to happen. A lot a lot of people are optimistic it's going to happen. A lot of people are negative saying it's just going to be a wash. And I just want to know, did you guys end up watching NBA players play video games on ESPN Prime, like 8 o'clock prime time? Because I, no. I didn't. That was a thing? No. Yeah, they, they played. They had the a 2K t- tournament, right? Yep, 2K tournament. And um, Real quick, real quick, real quick. Going back to football, real quick. They had like this mini Madden tournament. I don't know if you guys saw, right? But, you know, I think it was eight guys. But ultimately, it was Derwin James versus Tariq Hill. Okay? Do wait, real question. And you guys see it? No, I didn't hear about no. that. Okay, okay, perfect, perfect. Well, I great... saw the final score. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. So I was watching. I, I, I was following it, right? The final score was 52 to 3. Derwin <laughs> James versus Terry Kill. And so it was 45 to 3. But then Derwin James, right? There was like two minutes left in the fourth quarter, and Terry Kill was trying to run it out. He, he promised some kid that he's going to drop 50. In the in the championship, <laughs> so he strips Tyreek Hill and drives down the field in a minute thirty and puts up fifty-two on Tyreek Hill. <laughs> it was actually that's, the funniest thing I've ever seen. Tyreek Hill was so butthurt. It was so funny. Oh, gee, it was so funny. Uh, I'm like, we need uh, more though. That's what he gets for being a child abuser. That's yeah, there he gets a payback for his kid. <laughs> Madden is perfect payback. <laughs> All right, all right, back to the NBA, back to the NBA. But I did not watch it. I, I think it's – not like, I think if ESPN did nothing and just showed, like, 30s, like, I'd be still in the same situation, but it wouldn't look as desperate as broadcasting people playing video games. Like, this just feels like – it's just sad to watch. I kind of liked it. I, I was watching the other day the, uh, the repeat of the 2016 NBA Finals between the Cavs and the Warriors, Game 7. Like, they, On just, ABC, they showed the 2008 – Celtics final on ABC on Sunday. Oof. Da, da, damn. I didn't know that. I missed that. that. I watched it. As- I, I agree. I would much rather watch like classic old games, even games in the last 20 years, than uh, a, a mix of the NBA's best players and uh, nobody's playing 2K on ESPN. And, I mean, if that's like that's what they're trying to do to get new content right now, Imagine what it's going to be like in another month when we're nearing the <laughs> oh, end. At, at best, nearing the end of this situation. Uh, I, it's kind of funny that uh, I think Trey Young like doubled uh, Harrison Barnes' score. And I think <laughs> Boogie Cousins got doubled as well by uh, – I forget who. But. <laughs> I love it because like, I'm sure like regular people just think that, oh, well, you're good at basketball. You must be good at 2K. Yeah. I, also, I think I saw that uh, – who's the the star on the Suns? Uh, Devin Booker. Booker. He just refused to play with the Suns because he said they suck. <laughs> 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 so, again – I mean, that, the word, that, that's what the word of the street is that he, he wants to go to the uh, Timberwolves. To play with his boys. Uh, yeah. To play with Cap, the softest player in the league, according to Jimmy Butler. Which is weird they'd want to go to Minnesota instead of going to a warm place like Arizona, but 
I mean, it's a prerogative. But Carl Anthony Towns is just because like it came to my head. He's the most overrated elite NBA player. Cause you can't say that in the same sentence. What do you mean? Like, how could you be an overrated elite player? Like, wouldn't most elite. Of consider him like borderline elite? He's not borderline elite. He's above okay. average. Okay, yeah, I'd consider him above average too. But like above average because he he's not elite. He's not elite because I don't think he's led a team to above five hundred record, and he's had Andrew Wiggins. But Andrew yeah. Wiggins is also a bum. But yeah, it's Andrew yeah, Wiggins Jimmy is Butler also. too for and Jimmy uh, yeah. second. And J- Jimmy Butler, I think he so could be though. Out of that now. Jimmy Butler yeah, is my favorite player in the NBA. He's come up looking so good seeing how Carl Anthony Towns is actually soft as Jimmy Butler. I, I love that. Wherever he goes, he's like, yeah, everyone's just way too soft for me to play with them. He, he goes to Minnesota, everyone's soft. He goes to Philly, everyone's soft. Look, yeah, so it's great. Um, and now they're talking about, like, literally the least entertaining game you can play with your friends playing basketball is horse and they're going to broadcast that on ESPN. <laughs> like out of all the game options they had to choose horse like you couldn't have figured out any other sort of game. Like horse is the game you play when you played like half court or full court basketball with your friends and your legs are tired but you don't want to go home yet so you just play horse because you can't run. Like that's but, what they're going to show. What do you do like some sort of like virtual dunk contest or like a virtual three point contest like or like some sort of like half court shot. I don't know. Not horse. Not horse. Or just nothing. Just don't even try. <laughs> no one cares. I'm on that just, I'm, just accept this pandemic and don't do anything. Yeah. Just, like, honestly, <laughs> I wonder if they would get more ratings playing classic games than – like, I, I don't – I mean, I, I personally, I have no, no interest. I would watch – I would rather watch – um, the Celtics lose Game Seven of the 2009 Finals and watch this horse contest. I really would, and I hate <laughs> that game because it's it would still be more entertaining. I agree. What they should do is play reruns of Wipeout on ESPN because Wipeout <laughs> is the best show of all time. And and Ryan will die on that hill ten out of ten times. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure ABC broadcasted so ESPN can easily broadcast. Why why don't you play Wipeout, ESPN? Wipeout is amazing. Maybe American Ninja Warrior too, but like some of those guys are hardos. Even though I know you, Zach, you're a big fan of American Ninja Warrior. Like American Ninja Warrior. American Ninja Warrior is the greatest pastime when nothing else is on TV. Facts. That and Impractical Jokers. That and Impractical Jokers, cooking shows. Cooking shows. Top three. Watching, <laughs> watching Chopped or uh... watching watching kids Chopped is even funnier. These kids are sweating, sweating like crazy. Watching, um, I like watching, uh, I don't know what else I like watching, to be honest. I don't really watch much. Or anything with Gordon Ramsay is good, too. And any show with Gordon Ramsay yelling at people is Yes, I'm, I'm all for it. I like Bar Rescue. Bar yeah. Rescue is good. Shut it the hell down! <laughs> <laughs> like watch, watching people's live. Oh, Shark Tank. Shark Tank's a good one, too. Shark Tank is good. Watching people's livelihood get destroyed by billionaires and... Like a minute. Look at my great idea, but this idea sucks. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Watching their lives get destroyed is something about it. But <laughs> I mean, we could on another podcast talk about the best non-sport shows to watch. We don't have that another podcast. Another podcast. Another podcast. But 
something that ESPN is doing well. One good thing ESPN has done during this pandemic is moving up the date of the Bulls Jordan documentary from June to I think April 18th or 19th? 19th. 19th. It's going to be every week, Sunday nights. I think you said Smitty, right? Yep. 8 p.m. Like, <laughs> this is like Jordan is a really master marketer. Like, if you give him the credit, it could just be luck. Com- combines luck and skill where this is what everyone's going to be watching for the next 10 weeks because there's nothing else to watch. So, like, anyone that hasn't watched Jordan, which, I mean, besides replays, I don't watch Jordan games because I wasn't alive for it until he was on the Wizards. But, like, this is what everyone's going to watch. And I think it's going to shift the narrative of LeBron versus MJ. I think a lot of younger people are going to shift towards MJ after watching it because it's probably going to be amazing. I don't think so, bro. I actually have a different view on it. I think people are going to watch it and be like, damn, I think Jordan had it easy, especially if they do it more towards the whole Bulls team. They're like, damn, this Bulls team is freaking – is one of the best teams ever to play. You know, you rank the top ten best teams ever. You know, maybe one of the teams – maybe one of the teams, LeBron, is maybe towards the bottom, you know, seven to ten, you know, with the Miami Heat. But besides that, but isn't that an indictment on LeBron James that he's the best player and he can't get his team into the top ten all the time, but Michael Jordan can get his team number one and he's the go-to player on that team? I think so. I think if you put LeBron on the on the, on the the Bulls team, I think they do the same thing. I think if you put Jordan on that Cavs team, I think they also lose to Golden State in four. I have no idea. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. My opinion, my opinion. Smitty, break. Not only – what do you ask, Smitty? Not only will people be watching, it'll, this will be the only thing that people are watching. It's going to be the only thing that people are talking about for the next 10 We're years. going to be talking about the next <laughs> few shows. Because there's nothing going on. And it's going, it is absolutely going to reignite the debate of who is better. And that is going to be what is talked about for those 10 weeks. Skip. But I, I don't know how it will play out. I, I do... I do. I think I do agree with Ryan where I, where it will pull um, a lot of the younger generation to the Michael Jordan side of the argument. Um, I mean, just look looking at it, LeBron is just a beta, obviously. But oh at be- I think now, I think now where we are at, I wouldn't say I would consider him past his prime, but he is still an elite player. So in his prime, I view his prime as Miami. And in his prime, he still went two and two. And so that was, he, that was him at his best. With the, the big three, um, arguably the best big three ever, um, they're the third best big three, if that. Um, but, I, I mean, I, I think that plays a huge factor in itself. Yeah. Um, what I, I think – I think – What's going to happen is people who hate LeBron and have no reason to think that he's not great are going to be like, oh, well, look at all this. Look at all this information I just found out about Jordan. Jordan's this. Jordan's that. Look at all this information. They're gonna and then they're going to be like, well, now Jordan's better than LeBron because of this, this fake information, which you can do this. The only thing people ever say about LeBron is because he lost in the finals. But the only real like loss against the Mavericks 
Yeah, that was only like that was the only one that held against him, right? That was the only like damn LeBron, like you kind of you blew that one. Besides that, you lost to Golden State twice. You lost to Spurs. That's true. You know, like mm. I'm just saying, this and, is my uh, this is, these are my values. In Dallas, who did he? Who did he lose to? Didn't he make it the first time he was in Cleveland? Or am I? That was against the Spurs too. Yeah, he lost to Spurs. The first time? Yeah. Yep. He lost them twice. Like in 07. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I I would say, yeah, I mean, I really only count the two that he um, lost the in Ma- Miami. Yeah, the, 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 Ma- the, uh, the Mavs one was brutal. But the Spurs were good that year. They were a good team. I'm like. I mean, Jordan faced good teams. Carl Malone and John Stockton of the Jazz beating Charles Barkley. Beaten Magic Johnson. I think the ni- the nineties were more competitive and more difficult false. than that's false. That's this so past false. Decade. Nobody shot threes. Nobody. I mean, that's just yeah, how but it was. Way nobody more shot threes. Physical. Everyone, everyone took was, layups exactly. or jumpers. Exactly. It was it was way more physical because no, the outside shot wasn't as nearly as a factor as it is. It was now. more physical, People, but it wasn't more competitive because teams couldn't inflate the score. No, I, I, I think that like, it is more competitive because there wasn't a three-point shot. I know, it was I, more I difficult to score. People, people make it in the NBA now just shooting a three. You don't even have to That's, be able yeah. to dribble the ball. It's another, it's another element of the game, and it makes it more complex. But, I, but the league was way more physical. There was so much more you could get away with. Honestly, Because you could punch NBA, people and not get a flagrant. Doesn't mean it was more physical. People were just meaner back then. <laughs> The NBA <laughs> is a, I really I honestly do think it 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 kind of is a joke compared to the other ma- major sports. But I love it. it. I love it, and I think the reason why a lot of other people love it is because of the draw from the personalities and, and the the superstars are are so big and, and recognizable. And that plays a huge fa- huge factor there, and they're able to keep people paying like paying attention. But the like the fact that you can take five steps and get a layup or take two step backs and then hit a 40 foot three. If you're one of the best players in the league, like you're just allowed to do that. The refs don't care what you do. Like it, I just little things like, like that. I just, I think ruin the league, but um, like that, I feel like the game was more genuine in the nineties and, and also the, the physical, the physical play. I mean, it was, it, I, that made it way more difficult to win. And there was more parity too. I mean, you knew LeBron, I mean, I guess with Jordan, I mean, you knew he was going to um, – he was in the finals every single year. But, I mean, you also had that with LeBron. You had that with the Warriors. The Warriors went on this run where they were just unstoppable. They had, I mean, two of the best players in the league um, on their team for, what, three three years, four years? Three. Two of the best shoot – two of the best shooters, years. arguably, of all time, who could end up being the two best shooters of all time if they keep going on this pace. And I will give LeBron credit, credit, credit that his. Oh, what'd you say? I'll give LeBron credit. His three rings mean a hell of a lot more than Kevin Durant's two rings. Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant's on the fucking running. What you talking about? I'm just saying. Even though I bought Katie's shoes, which are fire, but that guy's rings mean nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um. So that that's probably what like every which. Will also make me resent the Jordan documentary because that's all anyone's going to talk about for. Yeah, Skip Bayless is going to have a heart attack throughout it. 
Just skip. Yeah. He's got to be like making out with his TV how much he loves because <laughs> LeBron won't be on the TV. <laughs> LeBron. He's going to be tweeting at LeBron the whole time. <laughs> you tweet. wish you could do this at King James. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so now we got a. The hill will die on because there's no other sports to talk about. And just because when before we left three weeks ago, coronavirus, like they just canceled the NBA, but we thought like it'd be a month thing and we'd be back like May at the very latest. And now three weeks later, we're finding out like the season might not happen, which is probably unthinkable three weeks ago. But we're going to do the Hill World We Will Die On coronavirus <laughs> edition. So just anything, because like, there's been so many like trends and all that, anything that's happened during the coronavirus, you like it or hate it, let's hear it. You want to go first, Smitty, or who's going first? You go first. All right, all right. Well, I got two things. I got two things. One thing is how whenever there's a, whenever anything happens, right, in Massachusetts, right, or in the a lot of the um, northern states, right, when when it snows, right, for example, uh, people just freak out, right? They freak out, crap, you know, we're getting two feet of snow. I got to go to the grocery store, and I got to get a bunch of food because I'm about to die, okay? I'm, the zombie apocalypse is following the snowstorm, so I have to get all the food for the next three months. And that is exactly what's going on right now during across the whole country, like, Right, right, immediately, right when things were getting all canceled and like schools were closing, there were lines at B at uh, at BJ's, lines at Costco, lines at Target. You know, ev- everyone specifically saying, "Do not go into mass crowds." And all these people just congregating in mass crowds at all these places. I'm like, I don't think you guys understand the whole point of everything. But anyways, once they're in the store, right, the stores have to put a little limit on what things could get because people have no self-control and they do not understand the fact that everybody's going through this pandemic. So everybody needs things. No, 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 no. Karen needs my kids need her 20 roll of toilet papers because at the end of the day, if you only have one thing in life, it's your toilet paper. Can, can I say yeah, something? Glad, glad to know now that uh, whenever there's pandemics in the future, uh, that's going to be the first thing that people go for. So we, that's what we should prepare. <laughs> Actually, I, before you go, Zach, I have two quick things to say. What you got? One is that I feel bad for all the Karens, like that are good Karens, that are like, <laughs> good people, but because <laughs> I have They just lumped into a group. Yeah, I have an Aunt Karen who is the goat, and she, her name's just getting trashed because... Karens, all these other Karens that are doing her dirty. Second point is, I was watching on Netflix. It's um, on it's a National Geographic uh, show. It's called uh, Doomsday Preppers, and I was watching it, like just when this pandemic started. So it's funny, like like these people have like stocks of everything. They have like bug out places where if everything goes to shit, they have a house to hide in. Yep, all this different kind of stuff. And I, I was laughing at it. And then as this continues to go, I'm like, wow. Those doomsday preppers don't even need to leave the house because they literally have everything. <laughs> you shouldn't have been laughing at them for 10 episodes in a row. But <laughs> And what's your second one? Uh, you. My second one, second one, second one, second one, is that there are still some parts in the country that have not gone at least on some sort of partial lockdown. 
And like, it's, it's a huge problem because at the end of the day, it's still being spread. If, like I'm watching, I'm watching places and like, there are still some, some cities and like major parts of the country that like nothing has changed. Like in Florida or, or was it Florida or Georgia? One of them, they just like lifted the, they did, they just lifted the bands off of the beaches. Like right. now people can go back to the beach. That's Georgia. Like, that's a horrible, like, this is a horrible idea. Like, this is the reason why we might not have an NFL season. This is the reason why there's going to be no, no NCAA. Oh, jeez. recently put, like, a statewide ban, like, like a few days ago. It, the biggest problem. All yeah, now that just, spring break's over. Yes, <laughs> money. Um, yeah. All these people want freaking, like, gratification right now, and they can't, like, just look, you know, true. You know, for the next month, you know, if we just let's just do this for a month and see what happens. But that's my rant. That's my TED talk. That's a good TED talk. Um, Smitty, you want to go? You want me to go? Yeah. So I'll go. Mine's actually off of and somewhat related to what Zach just said. The you guys see the governor of Georgia who came out on Saturday and said that he didn't know that asymptomatic people who are carrying the virus can spread it uh, <laughs> until two days prior. So last <laughs> Thursday, he learned that the governor of one of the 50 states oh in this gosh. country just learned that less than a week ago. I saw that and thought that not only should he have been fired on the spot and immediately removed from his position, he should have been shot to the moon. How do you not <laughs> know that as a governor as a governor of Georgia, that, that, that it can be spread. I mean, I, I knew that. Everyone everyone knew that already. He should like definitely all, fire all, the Everyone on the totem pole here was already aware of that. And, and I don't know where you rank as a governor, even the governor of Georgia, but I feel like you're pretty high up on that poll, and you should probably know that when there's a pandemic going on. Like, And, and then he was saying that this doctor who's been advising him, everything he knows about the virus – is from her. So he was trying to blame this, this, this woman for not telling him that. And maybe she didn't know that either. So, so both of them should have been shot to the moon right then and there. I mean, honestly, like if I, if that was, if that was, um, I'm going to completely blank on his name. I want to say Charlie Baker, but the governor, uh, no, it is Charlie Baker. Marty Walsh is the, the mayor of Boston. I always, yeah, wow. that. Charlie Baker came out and said that like I honestly, as a, a citizen of Massachusetts, I would want him out of his job after, after <laughs> that in the middle of a pandemic. I, I would want him gone. I, I can't. I I can't believe that 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 the governor of Georgia just found that out. I'm pretty sure the CDC is also located in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> it's located in Georgia. <laughs> we're we're screwed. We are royally screwed. I would but, fire um, his information person, whoever he gets his information from that didn't tell him that. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I'll look it up right now. I saw an article that I, I think it was like from the New York Post. Basically, uh, some entity got uh, copies of anonymous cell phone tracking to see movement throughout the country. And I saw like, this everywhere up, up here. Massachusetts, New York, uh, Michigan, they they did pretty well, and then the down south was down south was a shit show. The people were the the movement tracking the movement, how far people are traveling on a day to day basis, where people are, 
in, in public areas at certain times throughout the day, the amount of people there, like it, it was terrible and we're screwed. It, it, we, we aren't even close to, to be, to getting through this pandemic. We're, Dude, we're at the middle one. of the country, the, like the middle of the country. Look, there was, it was, I saw that same chart you were on Smitty. It was all red. It was all like yeah. normal, normal, like foot traffic. I'm like, these people are insane. These people are yeah. insane. And I mean, think about the, the distribution of, uh, and the density of, of certain areas in this country, like obviously big cities, New York, um, Massachusetts, um, you know, Chicago, Detroit, Detroit's been hit pretty bad. Um, New York's been doing bad, but those people are, are staying in place. And there's, even though there's more people there and there's less people down South, there's more area for there to roam for those people to, to move around. That's not the point. The point is to stay in place and stay where you are. It's just say no, just say no. Yeah. Literally just stay in your home <laughs> like a month. And people will stop dying and then we can get back to normal life or we're going to be here for God knows how long. The rest of time. Um, <laughs> those are good ones. I have two as well. Two. The first one is people that are telling like quarantining with friends and like have different friends over every day. <laughs> Definition of quarantine is isolating yourself. And if you're doing it with friends, that defeats the whole purpose. So you quarantine with friends, people, stupid idiots. Um, the second one is kind of a less serious one, but horny Twitter is getting out of control and it needs to be stopped because <laughs> like a, so many people I don't follow. It's just like the people I do follow retweeted because they're part of horny Twitter, but <laughs> retweeting horny stuff because they haven't had sex or something in a month. and. Or something. Just, just <laughs> I can't handle it. Way too many horny people on my timeline. Because <laughs> there's no to talk about is my uh, theory on it. You know, like, I've seen, like, a couple tweets. But, like, I feel like you're getting, like, overwhelmed, like overwhelmingly more. Like, I don't know I, who you're following. Yeah, I think it's just based on the people that you follow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, maybe just people from Worcester are horny as hell. I don't know. There's nothing else to do in Worcester. <laughs> there really isn't, so it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I have beef with horny Twitter. It, and on Instagram, because half of Instagram is just people doing TikToks, and I refuse. TikTok, TikTok is the worst thing that could ever happen. That like It's blown up during this pandemic, and I hate TikTok. Can, we, can we be an anti-TikTok podcast? 100%. I'm anti TikTok. I, I 100% anti not gonna like that because she's a big TikToker. My sister's also. I'm gonna have to break the. Gonna have to break the news to her. Like all she does is TikTok. I'm like, dude, can you stop? Like I've heard that same song five thousand times. Yeah, I've heard the ones like this starts off like I'm a savage. Oh my god! Oh my god! TikTok is the worst. Megan the stop. Worse than listening to the radio. The radio is the same, like five songs. The, the mainstream TikToks that the ones that go viral, and then the and then everyone tries to, to emulate it, and then you're listening, you're hearing the same three songs out Bro, of everyone's phone. It's so bad. It's like a forty second song times one million plays. I'm like, I'm gonna go. Crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go like dances required no footwork. It's like, and then just show your boobs a little and show your stomach, <laughs> like, instant. and you just. It's like I'm talented. 
Oh my gosh, look at my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst. And like, like when you watch the videos, they're all like 15 and 16. It's like, like where are your parents? Like, how do you have 40 million followers? You are a 16-year-old girl. You, like, go do your calculus homework. But we also look very uh, jealous because they just have all the following and we it's can't. True. They're also millionaires and they're 16 and we're here. So. They have clout. <laughs> I think we're just haters at the end of the day. But I'll stand by my hating. That's the hill I'll die on. Stay hating. Play a haters ball. Dave Chappelle. Um, <laughs> so now. This has been the moment I've been waiting for. I don't know about you guys, but Vincent McMahon looks coronavirus dead in the face and says, I'm not canceling shit because this is what I do. And WrestleMania went on with no fans. That was pretty weird. But <laughs> the two highlights of the day was a two, two-parter. So this is the first time ever they did Saturday and Sunday. Gronk hosted WrestleMania. And yeah. Wrestling fans absolutely hate Gronk already. Like, do they? Wrestling fans despise Gronk, just because the Gronk. Um, because a lot of uh the wrestling uh blog sites or fan sites are like British people, so like, them like this is probably a lot of their first introduction to Gronk, and he's just wearing shades indoors at night. He's saying, "This is gonna be a thirty-hour straight party," and that's what I'm used to. Like Gronk saying, like. Gronk was trying to be like an 80s like hype wrestler, which I mean, I thought Gronk was funny, but Gronk won the 24-7 title, so Gronk is a WWE champion. So, yep. champion once again. I wonder what he cares more about, the Super Bowl champion or the WWE champion? It's about the same. Um, Could have had a real championship this year if he uh, was still playing football. <laughs> Gronk just partying in a being a WWE superstar, but there were three three standout matches for different reasons. One was on night two, Edge versus Randy Orton. It was Edge's return after nine years, and it was a last man standing match, and that match lasted, like, I could be able to exaggerate, I haven't checked the exact number, but it was anywhere between 35 and 50 minutes. Like, Jeez. it was a long match, and wow. like, Edge looks absolutely yoked. Like, if you like if you saw Edge like ten years ago, like he had like serious dad bod, like yeah, it was a little flabby, a little flabby. He was like in his thirties, so he was still chilling. He's like forty six now, and he's cut out of his mind, yoked, didn't mess this up. Um, so that was a great match, and they kind of fought all around the uh, performance center, which where they held WrestleMania. And the second standout match was the Styles AJ Styles versus Undertaker, the Boneyard match, and. Like, I didn't think, like, that was wacky. Like, it's cool because it, Undertaker can barely move nowadays. They did a good job at hiding, like, Undertaker literally all his moves are just punches. And Yeah, I don't know how Undertaker is still moving. I, I really don't get it. That hip replacement surgery, he has a surgery every time he wrestles. Legit 55. Like, I, he might be older. My gosh. <laughs> Retirement, man. Maybe 54, 55. You might be right. Um, like, it's it, like, it was like a movie where like getting different camera shots like you're watching a wrestling movie but it was funny it was goofy because AJ Styles was just calling me an old man the whole time a bunch of like guys in robes came out of nowhere and started beating up the Undertaker but then Undertaker beat him up he was the American <laughs> badass Undertaker so that was fun 55 years old 
he's 55. But, like, it was awesome. Like, did not have to see Undertaker try to run or jump anywhere. It was not in a ring. It was literally in a, like, some sort of, like, like, graveyard, like, like a rural area in, like, part of, like, North Carolina. Some I mean, there's, like, a barn. But Undertaker won. It was a fun match. You should definitely watch it. Like, Undertaker just has that nostalgia, like, most people know who Undertaker is. So if you just want to watch for that, like it was good to just like watch Undertaker do that. And probably the weirdest thing I've ever seen in wrestling or probably in general, I've probably seen like a weird movie or something, but John Cena versus Bray Wyatt. Like Smitty, you don't have much of wrestling advantage. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. You have to like, if I <laughs> suggest you watch anything, just, to be completely confused, weirded out, and like entertained at all at the same time, you have to watch Bray Wyatt versus John Cena because that match was complete insanity. Basically, it was supposed to be like an Inception type of thing where Bray Wyatt can control time and space essentially, and John Cena was going back in time where he first debuted against Kurt Angle, where he's in like like mini short short trunk shorts, like yeah, you know, and then it goes. Yeah. To, Thugonomics John Cena where John Cena that's my favorite John Cena he had some funny one-liners and the whole point of it was to show like Bray Wyatt was showing like how John Cena's like been handed everything and John Cena is a terrible person and it compared John Cena to Hulk Hogan where they did like an 80s style promo where John Cena was just curling like weights and he's like let me tell you something brother like just lifting weights like crazy um that was funny and they did John Cena like He's like impersonating like Hulk Hogan, like doing all the NWO stuff. And it's supposed to be like Bray Wyatt beats like control John Cena and it's just John Cena going through a loop. And then eventually uh also the the funniest thing that come out of it was uh when John Cena is posing as Hulk Hogan because Vince McMahon has man crushes on any wrestler that's like six six yoked in like baby oil all over him, just like Anyone that looks like a bodybuilder Vince McMahon loves. And if you listen to like to pro wrestling podcasts and stuff, there's like a lot of stories how uh like Vince McMahon will say like that's good shit. Like saying like something that's terrible, but like he loves it and he'll say like that's good shit. And there's a Vince McMahon puppet when John C came out like doing the Hulk Hogan stuff, it's panned to the puppet and the puppet's like, That's good shit. And it was so funny. And Bray Wyatt obviously won. Um, so, if you guys haven't watched it, which I'm assuming not, you gotta watch that match because that was the weirdest, funniest, craziest thing I've ever watched. And it made watching WrestleMania worth it because since it was off somewhere else, there's no crowd, so you weren't expecting to hear a crowd like cheering or anything. And half of wrestling is hearing that crowd reaction to uh, someone doing something kind of like a hype. Yep. Since there's no need for crowd reaction, it was amazing. I loved it. It was so funny, and it made me it made me love Bray Wyatt a lot, but also made me love John Cena, like because John Cena was like there's a thing in wrestling called uh oh like jobbing out where like John Cena did not get one like offensive move in at all. Like John Cena was made to look ridiculous the whole time, like. It's literally a whole segment of making fun of John Cena the whole time 
Jeez. fully a part of it. Like he's like enjoying like making fun of himself the whole time, and <laughs> it made me. I love John Cena so much more now because of it. So you gotta watch that segment. And I mean, wrestling is the only sport we got right now. So true. No, they're the, they're the only ones still kicking. UFC is kind of going, but they're only doing big matches. But I highly what is watching a UFC? I think they're gonna oh. fight. Are they? Like later, poor. Yeah. I don't know what who's fighting or anything. But... No, they canceled that one, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, I might be wrong, but please watch that video, and maybe we'll we'll, we can talk about it next week in the podcast, and you can just tell me how confused you guys were. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's all I got to say. And I don't think we have anything left on this podcast. Is there anything we want to? Um, watch or do for next week to talk about because like do we want to watch something and then report back and talk about it next week uh because there's no sports to talk about nothing, so. nothing specific i mean we'll wait till like some sort of like schedule gets out you know because i hope like ideally what they would do is they they would like release some sort of list of like games like past games that they're playing and then, like, we could, like, pick one of those games, watch it, kind of review it, talk like, talk about, like, how crazy it was, like, whether we talk about the away Celtics or what. Um, uh, yes, I, 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 I would say something like that. But right now, like, kind of just waiting to see how everything falls. We could all pick a prospective draft prospect. Ooh. Prospective draft prospect. A draft prospect uh, on the Patriots' radar. Uh, and give an analysis of them next week. I like that. Some actual football stuff. I like it. I was thinking just watching like a crazy documentary or movie or something and just talking about it, but that's probably more geared to what this podcast is all about. (laughs) But any last words before we uh, sign off for today's episode? Carol Baskins killed her husband. I'm so excited to go back to doing nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I am so sad my uh, St. Louis Battlehawks will not compete till next year. We didn't talk about XFL, but... You know, I was hoping that you weren't going to bring the XFL up because now I'm really upset. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Hey, PJ Walker, though. He got signed. Smitty's boy. Smitty's been calling that since day one. Called it. I called it. I mean, I don't know. Probably my won't be starting. Probably will get cut. But uh, also, um, <laughs> Jordan Tam, yep. Jordan Tam, you the quarterback for the Battlehawks got signed to by uh, who did he get signed by? The Chiefs. I already forget. It Chiefs. was the Chiefs. Okay, he was probably he he was probably the second best quarterback. They were yeah, the only yeah. two who were really consistent in the XFL. Yeah. So it is cool though. I mean, it, even though it was a, a short sample. And the XFL says they're coming back next year. It was cool to see a couple quarterbacks get picked up by NFL teams after this. So, and I hope that you know whatever happens, um, whatever if they still have the resources to have a week next year because it was fun. And so, that was the episode. Last shout out, shout out to Jason Tatum donating two hundred fifty thousand dollars to coronavirus relief fund, and that's more than a lot of owners of like billionaire owners. Jason Tate only in his third year doting like $250,000. That's insanity. So I think Jason Tate is proving he's going to be a Boston player that will be in the upper echelon of like Boston favorites, I think. 
I think he has like need a guy like that now that Mookie's gone. Yeah. Who would Even hand though, out food to homeless people at two in the morning. We need a we need a guy with that character. We do. We do. And now he's in LA. But uh I think Jason Tatum is gonna succeed and which makes me Makes me miss NBA more because Jason Tatum is one of those really likable guys, and I like watching him, even though I criticize him missing wide open layups. <laughs> but for the next one podcast, I am Ryan Conley along with Brent Smith, Zach Maharmo, and hopefully Brent Hansi next week. Until the next one, thank you for watching, and we got a, we got some video now, so coming up. <laughs> <laughs>